Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Absolutely awesome to see you down in Florida, Roddy. Unfortunately, you are at the grind, working. LOL. Enjoy it, man. You deserve it. How about that? Listen, please don't feel sorry for me. Darren, do you feel sorry for me that I got to work? I feel sorry for me. (laughs) Exactly. From the slurpy capital to the land of the newlywed and the nearly dead, it's sunny Florida with the Rod Peterson Show. I think that's a little harsh, Rick Reagan. I do. But we're coming at you live from Dodge City here in South Florida. It is hour two, brought to you by Core Grain. Uh, the moose up on the screen. I, I would like to do a pardon the interruption type thing here. But two, there you go, moose, two of us. I got you. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, you I'm got great. me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really, really love this portion of the show, the second hour kickoff, second half kickoff, because it's like. We put a bit of a wrapper or just debate the things that have come up from hour one into hour two, right? It's like a whole new show, really. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to tell our viewers that are just tuning in or listening on the podcast here what we're covering today. Shane Baz pitched two-hit ball for five innings to win his Major League Baseball debut. Tampa Bay uh, cut Toronto's lead in the wild card chase last night, beating the Jays 6-4 at the Trop. They'll do it again tonight. Alec Manoa going for the Jays. And Aaron Jones caught three of Aaron Rodgers' four touchdown passes and rushed for a fourth. And the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football had a welcome return to normal at Lambeau after an embarrassing week one loss. 35-17 was the score last night on Monday Night Football. And by the way, I, I want to know, you had Vegas in your top five, Darren. And yeah, so newsworthy item here. Top five NFL teams, that is. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr underwent tests on his injured right angle, but, uh, ankle, but Coach John Gruden expects him to be able to play this Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Carr got hurt after throwing a touchdown pass to Foster Morrow in the third quarter of Sunday's 26-17 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I had mentioned that I'm going to get to the betregal.net odds for week eight in the CFL. I have not looked at a ton of the NFL odds yet here for week three. But did you catch much of the Vegas-Pittsburgh game? I'm wondering why you have them in your top five in the National Football League because, Darren, seems like a bit of a stretch to me. No, I know it does. But look, at they beat a very good Baltimore team on Monday night. A very good Baltimore team. Uh, they did that in prime time, which is tough. The Pittsburgh Steelers were coming off that big win at Buffalo, and they made Pittsburgh look like a team that might not make the playoffs. That's what you know the Raiders did to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's offense didn't look very good. Um, Derek Carr still continues to play very well, and I'm just you know pulling up his stat line from from that football game. He had 382 yards and two touchdowns, protected the football, no interceptions. So he's looking really good. You know they, um, you know Rugs Henry Rugs had another 113 yard game. He's the Raiders look like they might be for real, um, but it was tough. Like Green Bay could easily easily have moved up. I think they're a top 10 team in the National Football League still. They'll probably be in the top five soon. Um, Baltimore could have been there. Um, Carolina, um, the Denver Broncos could have been there. There's a lot of good football teams in, in, in the NFL, but I like what I've seen from the Vegas Raiders so far. I really do. I think they've been really impressive in the first two weeks. Now, if two is not playing, 
they'll probably beat the Miami Dolphins. That would be tough if they did if they didn't beat the Miami Dolphins. But look at their schedule. I mean, they're gonna then uh, play Denver, Seattle, Cleveland, and, and the Green Bay Packers starting in October. So when you get there, it's it's gonna be a, a tough season. But um, for now, I got Vegas in my top five. Just going to the big board. Uh, bringing in some of our viewer comments here. Austin Cherkis, who's one of the cameramen on my uh, Rough Rider show in the huddle. He's like, where are you? (laughs) I'm in Florida, Austin. Won't be there for in the huddle, okay? All you need to know. Chris Bird watching in King City, Ontario, says, I think Rod needs to have a swim-up broadcast desk on Football Friday. How about that? I'll be honest. I watch Lee Corso particularly last year from his home in Orlando. Did you watch that on ESPN College Game Day? He was by the pool and his grandkids were running around behind him. Um, That's what I wanted so bad. I'm like, oh, Lee Corso. Well, that's kind of what we got set up here. Oh, yeah. For the week. I'm pretty pretty happy with it. Um, Adam Ridioff watching in Hamilton says, hey, Rod and Moose, has Ticats owner Bob Young ever been on the show? Uh, that's a hard no, Adam. But that's not to say that he wouldn't. I, I feel like we need to look into that and get the owner of the Hamilton Tiger Cats on the show. And that is a nice segue into what, what I wanted to talk about here. I mean, somebody wrote in with the Chris Jones comments earlier. The Toronto Argonauts officially today announced Chris Jones has joined the team as a defensive assistant. Whatever that means. You know, they know, but they're not really saying what it is. And from what I know of the situation, which is more than the average bear, Chris Jones got into Canada uh, early part of last week and had to quarantine for four days. That's why he couldn't be around the team, why he couldn't help coach Friday night at Saskatchewan, a 30-16 to 16 loss to the Rough Riders. And uh, John Murphy on Friday, their assistant GM, on this very show kind of hinted that they would have news this week about Chris Jones. So when it came out this morning, it not that big a news, Darren. And like, I'm not interested in sitting and debating anymore whether he's going to take Ryan Dinwiddie's job at the end of the year because go back and look at our clips, watch the old shows. Should I repeat myself? Because I don't feel like I want to repeat myself. What do you think? Well, if you don't want to, I mean, don't. Whose show is it? Right? Um, it's Rod Peterson's show. and Well, it's actually your show, but... Do do I need to go through this again? Yeah. And I think, you know, new people in the room probably need to, but look at this is the way it rolls. Right. And I mentioned the last hour, you're not going to bring Chris Jones in just to sit on the sidelines. You're not going to, you're not going to bring in Chris Jones just to look over everybody's shoulder. Right. And make everybody else uncomfortable. If he's there to call the plays and run the defense, give him the title. Okay, if you're bringing him in to run the defense, just give him the title and let everybody know who's in charge of that defense. Because if Chris Jones is there just looking at everybody's shoulder, they're going to think he's running it anyway. And they're all going to be tiptoeing around wondering when the other shoe's going to drop. Right. So they haven't said, but if he's there to call plays and if he's coming to Toronto to run this defense, then give him the title. Let him run the defense. Oh, and the titles, as you know, don't mean anything. They don't. They mean it doesn't mean anything to Jones, I don't think. No. Mind you, when he was in Saskatchewan, he had like four titles, so maybe it means more to him. But by the way, uh, Wednesday, 
Week 8 kicks off with the Hamilton Tiger Cats at the Ottawa Red Blacks. What I'm told in CFL circles is if Ottawa loses, you can expect a general manager change with the Ottawa Red Blacks that Marcel Desjardins will be fired. That's the buzz. And I'm sorry, by the way, that that might upset Marcel Desjardins or his family, but I think, by the way, it's one uh, eleven Moose. 11-11 where you're at, so make, make a wish. Yeah. There's your scoopage for the day. And I guess we'll wait and see whether it happens or not. But there are people lining up, from what I'm told, for this Ottawa general manager position that will come available should the Red Blacks lose. They're already the ninth-place team, a distant ninth in the CFL. And your odds weekly at betregal.net. And these guys are really figuring out, by the way, they're odds makers. They're getting a handle on this CFL thing, or at least I feel like they are. I don't know about you. They've got the Hamilton Tiger Cats favored by 10 and a half at, Wa- at uh, Ottawa Wednesday night. I feel like it might be a little too early on a Tuesday. Most to get, to- mind you, the game is tomorrow to talk how we feel about that. And then it's a Friday night doubleheader, Montreal at Toronto. Argo's favored by 1.5 points at home. I think you're taking that for sure. Mm-hmm. And Saskatchewan at BC on Friday night, the BC Lions favored by a point. So how do we feel about those uh, opening lines for week eight in the CFL? Again, Hamilton 10 and a half at Ottawa, Toronto one and a half at home over Montreal and BC one point at home over Sask. Yeah, I think you're okay with that. I mean, to me, I always think that the power ranking should reflect the betting lines, right? It's all about who's better right now, not about who's in front in the standing standings. I don't always reflect who's the best team. It really doesn't. Um, So, you know, I think we got some really good matchups. That Saskatchewan-BC game is a really, really good matchup because BC's been rolling. Mike Riley is, for me, the front runner for the MOP. And Saskatchewan, you know, is coming off two bad games and and getting a win. But can they turn that into something, right, and and keep rolling? I don't know. Um, And the Toronto-Montreal game is very good, too, because one of these teams has to step up and say, no, we're for real. Both teams are kind of sitting there in the mud a little bit. And so I'm not surprised Toronto's favorite at home, but this is a bit of a coin toss type of game to me. I'm with you with with taking the Argos, but Montreal's got something to prove. They're a little up and down. Vernon Adams has been up and down. One game is great, one game is not. So it's a bit of a statement game, uh, those those two games for me. Uh, By the way, Brian, the mayor of Dodge City, wants me to tell you $700 round trip flights for you to get down here. So put that in your pipe and smoke. Okay. It. All right. I know I've been sending you photos <laughs> and videos of yachts and I know. coastlines. You know and, what hooks uh, me. And I love that. the water. You know it. Like, mm-hmm. don't trust me. I've been looking at Google flights on a like hourly basis waiting for that uh, price. To drop. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. There's your CFL talk, y'all. You're welcome. Now, we're talking about the uh, Arizona Coyotes building a rink, and this, this is interesting. A couple of comments on that. Ryan McCarthy in Saratoga, New York, is watching, and he says the Coyotes brought back their Kashina logo. Now, Darren, the Coyotes are my third favorite team, or were. Is that the on vogue Azteca term, Kashina logo for that That's right. dog. Have you ever heard it called that before? Never. Never. Me either. No, never. 
Um, I thought it was Aztec, yeah, or whatever, like with the, the yeah. design on the sleeve and the trim on the neck and then the dog. I like it. I think it's cool. And it, and it goes to my, you know, when I talk about branding, that I think that the Coyotes could be cool. I really do. I think that there's an opportunity to attract a younger audience. I think there's an opportunity for them to grow. And they could they could be one of the the in brands, the cool brands in the National Hockey League uh, over the next, you know, five or six seasons, it could happen if they do this right because they don't have a big fan base. And it's cool, you know, vintage is cool. It's cool not to cheer for the popular thing, you know, to find your own. I think this could be a trendy thing to really like the Arizona Coyotes, and I think it could really be good for their brand. And if the brand grows and the marketing grows, then players will want to be there, and maybe this could be the resurgence of the Coyotes. Who knows? Stop. Stop. Maybe. Hey. Hey, Vegas Golden Knights. What do you think about the Coyotes' new jerseys? Uh, I don't know. We're too busy winning. How about that? Spicy. Got to start somewhere. Ryan Ryan goes on to say, uh, I may or may not get that sweater, even though I still have a CCM sweater from back in the 90s. Look, this is what got us on the radar of Mo Egger at ESPN 1530 Cincinnati when I said, it's the crappy teams that are always fiddling and farting around with their jerseys and logos and color schemes. They're trying to distract you from how bad they are. And I'm sorry. The Coyotes continue to be a dumpster fire. The only guy that's got him in the playoffs in the last decade is Rick Tockett, and they fire him. They get kicked out of their rink, but we're going to change the jerseys. Darren in Salt Lake City, Utah says, too little, too late, Coyotes. And this is why, we're going to have to go to a break here, but this is why I told producer Clark that when, when I'm down here, and maybe till the end of time, Moose, that we've rejigged our programming to give you and me more time to discuss things like this, yeah. right? Because, because, look, the Coyotes are going to keep hanging on and hanging on, but this particular ownership group is going to keep hanging on forever until the NHL pulls the team out of their dead, cold hands. But they're not moving the team to Houston. This particular ownership group, and they should, for the reasons that I just said. They just got kicked out of their ring. They've missed the playoffs for all but one season for the last decade, and before that, forever. But my point is, in COVID, I thought the CFL would have died by now. I guess what my point is, Darren, before we go to break, we got about 60 seconds. If you have enough money, you can pretty much make anything happen. How about that? So Isn't those CFL true? owners have more have more money than we thought that they did. But they wanted to use everybody else's money. But once they realized that they couldn't, they had to dig into their own pocket, and that's what kept them alive. That just dawned on me. There and that's go. what's happening with the Arizona Coyotes. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, no, it is. It's what's happening with the Coyotes. And look, at the branding and stuff only works for so long, and it could be cool. But it will only be cool if that team starts to win. And you need competent people running the organization to now put a good product on the ice. You know, that's just the matter of the, uh, the fact of the matter. So... They need to now surround this with good hockey people if they're going to win. Branding is only part of it. Oh, they got they got good hockey people there, by the way. 
Bill Armstrong, their scouts, good guys. Andre Turnier, what are you going to say about him? He's great. Right. Goes higher than that. Goes higher than that. You have to support them. As an owner, you got to support the hockey people and give them what they need to be successful. We're going to take a timeout, and uh, we'll be back with more of this sports update coming up. And uh, Paul Hendrick, Henny Tweets, Leafs Inside in a moment. We're broadcasting live from South Florida. It's the RP Show, Canada's daytime sports talk show continues after this on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with a performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Trust me, you're listening to a happy customer. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond... Your space balls will thank you. Trust me. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Hey, welcome back, everybody. RP Show continues live from Dodge City. We're moving on over to the beach house tomorrow in Pompano Beach for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Going to be watching the uh, Florida Panthers and the Nashville Predators in a preseason doubleheader on Sunday. I spoke with the Panthers this morning. They're all excited about the game, and uh, Bob's your uncle. A lot of sports going down uh, here, Moose. Oh, yeah. From some of the viewers here, and, I, and I'm sure you were thinking about my little rant at the end of the break, and I and if you have thoughts on that, you jump in at any time. Todd Pinkney, one of our P1s, writing, he says, I think every time it hits 111, you should go jump in the pool. Change things up. What do you think? Maybe not during the show. I, I could see you doing it after the show. That might be kind of cool. Somebody suggested sure, that instead I didn't of throwing the pen. You know? I yesterday know. would have been that. If the I didn't day. do it yesterday, I probably won't. Oh, my gosh, was that hot yesterday. Um, by the way, from the Prairie Mobile text line, you have lost data connectivity because you left your country. How about that? <laughs> so we should have left that? That should have left that at home, hey? Joe Biden has shut me down. So I'm just pointing that out. Um, okay. From Jeffrey Town and in Calgary, standings absolutely determine who's the best team, dupes. Not some arbitrary ranking. Do you want to take a minute, the floor is yours, <laughs> Moose, to explain, oh. to explain power rankings, please? Yes. My explanation is far less convoluted as yours, but... You go ahead. It's simple. Who's favored to win the football game? 
Who do the betting favorites have? Who do no, the betting well, the odds I think makers he means have? power rankings. He means right, power but, rankings. I think. But no, no. But that's what I mean. He says power standings are are determining who's better, not the power rankings. No, the power rankings tell you who's the better football team, and the power rankings are very similar to the betting lines. Right? If Kansas City were to play Vegas tomorrow, who would be favored in that game? It'd be Kansas City, and they'd probably be favored by six and a half points. They're not ahead in the standings. They're behind in the standings. But they're ahead in the power rankings. They're ahead in the betting odds because they're a better football team. Better football teams lose. That's why we love sports. Better football teams lose all the time. Upsets happen. That's why we love sports. If upsets never happened, we would never watch the games, right? If it was, if it was right. uh, predictable every time. So power rankings will tell you who's better. But the standings will tell you who's won more games and who's in front. Uh, by the way, <clears throat> I feel like it's just you and me rapping here, which it really is. I mean, there's just there's a lot of people uh, chiming, <laughs> chiming yeah. in too on the streaming here. But um, Leighton Janice watching on YouTube says the Coyotes aren't going to last the next five seasons. So there's that. They really are gravitating to the Coyotes thing. Maybe it's because it's the National Hockey League. I'm not sure. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, in the CFL, anything is possible. But do you remember somebody wrote in here last week and said, Darren only gambles on the sure things. There are no sure things. None. And I'm not going to go into some. No, there, there aren't. But that's why they call it gambling. But that's, I'm going to go into a minor monologue here. Remember you, so you bought me that Sports Illustrated episode that was all about gambling. I think anybody could see it right now. It's on the stands right now. The September Sports Illustrated issue is all about gambling. And you gave it to me and you said, here's your homework. Yeah. Go read this. Did you stick your nose in that at all? Uh, not Did you yet. look at it? I was actually hoping that you would read it and then send it back and then I could read it. I still have it around here somewhere, but... What I was hoping, and then here's the thing for our viewers. I don't really know betting. Like, I've learned quite a bit about it. But as I was telling the guys on Bet Regal way back in the day, 20 years ago, when I started in the CFL, I was winning a lot betting because I had inside information. But I, and I wasn't on the team payroll. But I stopped a couple of weeks in because I'm like, uh, I don't want to Pete Rose myself here. And I never really did bet for like 20 years, other than playoff drafts and stuff, Stanley Cup playoff drafts. But in the, so you handed me that because I don't know all the new lingo. Betting's come a long way in the last 20 years. Would you agree? There's a lot oh, more yeah. things you can bet on, a lot Big more time. categories and so forth. Yeah. Don't bother reading the article. I mean, I can bring it home for you if you want from here in Dodge City, Florida. But... All it got into was the history of betting. And two famous NFL players, Alex Karras and Paul Horning, who were suspended 40, 50 years ago for betting back in the day. They talked about Tony Romo. And I think we all remember this. Do you remember when Tony Romo had his fantasy convention in Las Vegas shut down by the National Football League? That was only like four or five years ago, Darren. So but the, do you remember that, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you do. But yeah. the whole genesis or nexus, if I'm using the term properly, of that article, articles, because the whole thing was about betting, was how far, where the NFL was to where it is now on gambling. But it didn't really get into what does it stand when that that 115 beside the team number, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It, did, it didn't get into that. So we're still going to have to have those weekly 
Zoom calls with our bet regal friends to teach yeah. me betting. But I think I'm doing okay. You watched my video there on our Instagram story from the weekend, right? I had oh, two yeah. out of three on Nailing my parlay. It. How did Good you job. do on your betting on the weekend? I did two or three straight up, but uh, against the spread, I didn't do very well. And that, and that's tough. I mean, that's that's sports betting. I mean, if I'm sitting here picking 100% winners, then... I've hacked into something crazy. I mean, you're just not, it's just not going to happen. You're going to pick 100% winners every week. Even the best odds makers in the business don't do that. And sports is unpredictable, but it's fun. And, and as long as you know that it's fun, and if you're playing, you know, for real money, that you do it responsibly and, and you consider it entertainment, right? I mean, I put $5 on my sports select. Now, I'm not saying spend $5. You want to spend more, go ahead. But I'm really loving the free, the play for free sports book, right? Where you can play for the bet regal points because there's no real risk there. It's about trying to maximize the points. So I like that part of it because it's fun. It gives me a reason to watch the games, you know, and especially when the game is not going the way I want it to, at least I can watch, well, can we cover the spread? Can we do these other things that will at least, you know, make this fourth quarter somewhat entertaining. So uh, I like it. Adds another element to it for me. I'm uh, Googling cowbell sound effect. I'm going to go buy one this afternoon because we have breaking news, Darren. Okay. I might actually be able to do this. Dee, 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 dee. Uh, Jim Hewson has announced his retirement. That's good. How about that? That's hey, good. can I save that? Spicy. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news. It says, uh, you think you're the only one that can do that. That's good. Kevin Olenek watching on YouTube says, Hewson announced his retirement. I can only assume that that's Jim Hewson. Yes. Probably. Uh, my guess is maybe he was waiting until, the, you know, we're close to the start of the 2021-22 season. And for the, our American viewers, of which I know there's a ton, this is the longtime voice of Hockey Night in Canada. Longtime voice of the Vancouver Canucks, Jim Houston announcing his retirement. Probably was like, if I can't travel for another year, I'm out. Because a lot of our broadcasters are saying, or be in the arenas, a lot of our broadcasters are saying that have come on that they are, they are not able to travel. I guess Jamie Thomas said yesterday that he is from the Winnipeg Jets, but Brendan Batchelor last week from the Vancouver Canucks said he is not. And here's the sucky thing about our business that I'm getting over, Darren. Jim Houston going to the Canadian, uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame in Canada. There's no doubt, right? He, yeah, yeah, he's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. But all of a sudden, people are going to go, who's the next one? Who would it be? I know. I, Chris Cuthbert. Who takes becomes, over for him? Chris Cuthbert becomes the number one guy now um, at Hockey Day in Canada. But... You know, Jim Houston's had a remarkable, a remarkable career, a career that, you know, has spanned a long time. Hockey Night in Canada, TSN, Sportsnet. He's been an iconic voice in this game for the National Hockey League. He's voiced video games, Stanley Cups, great moments. You know, I'm a Bob Cole guy and I will be forever and he'll always be my number one. But Jim Houston, over the last number of years, has been easily the number one play by play voice in the game uh, for me. Um, I think he's, he's got the mix of everything, the great deep voice. He knows when to get, you know, pull out the moment Drum, dramatic. He's so, uh, he's so good. And I think he's going to be missed. I think, 
you know, it leaves them lacking that big number one powerful voice. Chris Cuthbert does a great job, and he is now number one, and he's, he's an incredible voice for the National Hockey League. But it's tough, these, these iconic voices. Jim Houston's an iconic voice. They don't come around very often. Bob Cole, Jim Houston, those are the, the icons. So I think there's going to be a void. Who's going to be the next iconic voice? I don't know. We'll have to see. There's an opportunity I, for somebody. I smelled a poll question coming on. Yeah. Uh, maybe tomorrow. We got 24 hours to come up with that. Today's poll question has to do with Monday Night Football and the Green Bay Packers. Who are the real Packers? Um, and just a couple comments before we break and bring in Paul Henrik. Henny tweets uh, from Tacona Pally watching in Winnipeg says, Rod, why not some dolphin? Why not some dolphin cheerleaders in the background? Uh, do you ever see cheerleaders in the background other than Sundays? Yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, people talking about the coyotes moving to Quebec. That's not going to happen. From the Puck and Pigskin podcast, well, that sucks. Jim was definitely one of the best. Well, the guy's leaving with no regrets. Hall of Fame career, as I said. And Jeff in Winnipeg says, uh, hello, all. Glad this election stuff is over. Bring on hockey season. Couldn't agree more. And Henny Tweets will join us to talk about that. Our last remaining Canadian team on our coast-to-coast tours, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll cover that next. Lots of time to go here, an hour or two. Brought to you by Core Grain, doing what's right for your farm. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube and Facebook Live and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. RP Show continues from South Florida. Going to be down here a while. Can't wait to take in the uh, Florida Panthers and Nashville Predators on Sunday in a preseason doubleheader at BB&T Center. Back up to Canada we go. Paul Hendrick joins us, the legendary Leafs insider from TSN, Leafs TV. Blue team, a big fan of... A big fan of life, people, and hockey. How are you doing, Henny? Thanks, Rod. And uh, that gig looks great. And there'll be plenty of good parking to be had when you go to that game in South Florida and Sunrise in the next few days. But uh, they've got a good hockey club down there, and there's going to be plenty to cheer about. Uh, nice building, great concessions, and, uh, and, and a must if you're ever down that way. But uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this leaf season, I'll tell you that. And it was an extremely disappointing spring. I mean, those guys, I hate to use the term choke because it's such a disrespectful description of what happened. And I'm not going to use that term. But I am going to say things tightened up. And uh, there are great expectations that uh, are certainly uh, held by all of Leafs Nation with this hockey club. But they've got, and the guys uh, have to know that it's time to, to take that next step make the playoffs and win at least around moving forward something they were capable of uh, doing last spring but did not do but uh, that is the expectation that should happen this time around Henny you come out guns up blazing I just want to say uh, I walked 1.2 miles parking for mm-hmm. the Dolphins game on Sunday I don't expect that for the Panthers but listen a few questions in my mind here they're very excited in Florida with the addition of Joe Thornton for the Panthers for this season. When you look back at the Joe Thornton era, 
of the Toronto Maple Leafs. How would you describe it? I think as as uh, as he came described, he was to provide some balance in that dressing room, and they had a bit of a uh, you know, it's John Tavares's team. But having Joe there, uh, Wayne Simmons, these guys provide a bit of balance in what was a young dressing room. Uh, this room is no longer young. Uh, you know, Mitch and company have all been there for five plus years. William Nylander's going into his seventh year. Uh, so Joe brought that. But what we saw from Joe and what they're going to see in Florida on the ice, um, he's slow. Uh, he's not as quick as he once was, nor should he be. But he's going to provide a veteran presence on a team that is certainly capable of going to the next level. And I think he's going to help that many ways, more so off the ice than on the ice. Uh, still a very capable player, but in this very fast National Hockey League, uh, uh, Joe's days are numbered. And uh, good for him for an opportunity to go to Florida. Uh, there isn't state tax down there. Financially, it made sense for him. And, uh, you know, he's playing at the NHL minimum and he's going to give the maximum, especially emotionally with what uh, that team needs, uh, given where they went out last season, what's expected of them this time around. And for Coach Q, a, a nice guy to have in the room as a liaison between him and, and the bench. Yeah, well, that was, you know, I woke up this morning thinking, what's the one thing I wanted to ask Kenny? And I know it sounds weird that it would be about Joe Thornton, mm -hmm. but it just he was supposed to add so much and i guess he did but i just feel like paul that the leafs losing in game seven losing the 3-1 series lead and i'll be honest man yeah i felt they looked disinterested in game seven like i tweeted do they not care because that's what it looked like and it just seems like that's all been shoved under the carpet is that unspoken here in training camp as they open the preseason saturday against the montreal canadians i just don't see a lot of buzz about where's the heart of this Leafs team, man, or am I, or am I missing it? What happened in that series, Rod, is not under the carpet. It's a big pile on top of the carpet, and it's up to the Leafs over the course of the season and next spring to swat it away. They underperformed. I know uh, JT was not in the lineup, um, but they should have won that game with what they had up 3-1, two overtime games subsequently that they both lost. That said, full credit to the Montreal Canadiens and what they were able to do. Um, if anything, it's going to serve uh, as inspiration uh, for what the Leafs have to do this time around. And, and as far as the criticism in these parts, I, I know there's a, a major anti-Mitch Marner sentiment going around. You might say the same for Austin as well. Uh, these are two elite generational players, and, and I've tweeted before, Alex Ovechkin, Steve Eiserman, they had their doubters along the way, especially Stevie Y. And, and it was 14 years before Steve finally won a Stanley Cup. He won one, you know, in his fifth season, I think they finally won a series lost in the second round. And then they were nowhere to be found beyond a uh, first round uh, for a few years after that. You've got to stick with what you've got. It is a very tough league in which to play. The expectations may be high in Toronto. Yes, they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. That's not on Mitch. That's not on Austin. What they've been able to do the last few years is, and what they're capable of doing next spring is on them as well. Um, I think they're going to be up to it. And it's just interesting with the economics of the NHL these days. You've got so many getting this amount of money 
the rest getting this amount of money and you've got to find somewhat of a decent middle class to help to get you moving forward because beyond the top four salary wise you know, there's nick ritchie etc but he's middle class the rest of this toronto team has got to be a talented group all making 1.5 and and below in which to get things done we'll see uh there's a lot of pressure here uh, i i think the guys are up to it in fact i know they are that's interesting interest very interesting comments on that because it's the toronto maple leafs there's always going to be pressure right mm-hmm. but it's it feels heightened but I, well, I want to talk about goaltending, Henny, because you've been covering this team for a day or two. Like, <clears throat> when I look at Leafs teams that have done something, if we want to go back to Johnny Bauer, and I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had a name, a guy. Felix, Eddie the Eagle, Cujo in the, in the Pat Quinn run. And I thought it was going to be Freddie Anderson. He's gone. Jack Campbell does not strike fear in shooters' hearts, I don't think. Like, how are they in goal for this season, given the fact that it's kind of cup or bust? How do you feel about that? Well, right now, I think the, you know, on paper, number one is Jack Campbell. But in reality, uh, the guy who's coming in beside him and Peter Morazic might be the true number one. Uh, I know they're both 29 years of age. They've both been a while longer, but Morazic has has been a starter a lot longer than Jack is. I, I think what's going to happen is you're going to get a platoon system where the two are going to complement each other the entire season long. Uh, and and I, th- I think they're both up to it. Um, you know, and both contracts combined are about five and a half million dollars, which is where uh, it would have cost them really to resign uh frederick anderson so it's a question mark the even bigger question mark is if one of those two guys gets hurt rod who's the number three guy um they've got ian scott with the marley's joseph wall both those two are not ready to come up to the national hockey league just yet uh so they've got to hope that one of campbell and one of maraza can stay healthy for most of the season campbell hasn't shown that previously in his career but he's got an awful lot to build upon, which was just an incredible run last year in that bubble in the Canadian division. He's a confident guy. Uh, I only worry about him and how he beats himself up mentally over certain goals and allegedly letting his team down. He's He's got to stay cool, confident, uh, and, and let the team psychologist work with him to make sure that he stays positive. Uh, but I think he complimenting Peter Morazic, they've got a chance to go a long way. Uh, but the big question will be in front of them without a guy like Zach Bogosian and the toughness that he brought to the blue line because they don't really have that prototypical tough guy in front of the net uh, just as to how adept the Leafs are going to be in front of those two goaltenders in terms of keeping the goals against down. They were much improved in that regard last year. I know it's a priority for Sheldon Keefe moving forward. Um, I'm sure you haven't done a lot of interviews lately where the name Johnny Bowers come up, I wouldn't think. Have you, Henny? I appreciate the goaltending uh, uh, analysis, by the way. Yeah. As a goalie, you're right. Uh, and, and Turk Broda was the... Yeah. Turk Broda was the other guy we didn't mention. But you're right. You can you can name them all in one hand. <laughs> and Toronto doesn't have that this year. They've got goaltenders by committee. And, and technically, you could yeah. say two backups. But in this day and age, uh, they're... It's hard to find a number, number one, and uh, they hope they've drafted one or at least two in either Scott or Wool, but uh, that's not to be found out for a couple of years just yet. couple of rapid fires. Who, well, is the Atlantic Division the toughest division in the National Hockey League? I think it is. Uh, I, I really think it is. And, and you think about the race to get to that top three. 
Um, I don't know what the window is for Tampa, but it, if it's narrowing, it's narrowing slowly. You know what the Boston Bruins are going to bring. They are a tough, tough hockey club, although their window is narrowing. And I think there's a chance here for Toronto to, 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 to sort of learn from the uh, previous disappointments and, and maybe compete with Boston on a long-term basis and perhaps even edge them in for that second spot. I don't think there's any doubt that this is Tampa's division to lose. Uh, the other team is Florida that we've talked about. And, and we'll go from there. Ottawa's up and coming, but they're still young in their development. Uh, Buffalo's not even close yet. And, and so I, I think at least with those elite three teams, and I include Toronto in that group, it's as tough as you're going to get, uh, especially when you've got to play each other you know, four to six times a season. Yeah, and I guess my last one when I said rapid fire was I saw you and was Sean Simpson in, in Ottawa kind of going back and forth in a good way on Twitter about hmm. the Sens. Uh, what do you expect out of the Sins just to look up the road? Uh, they're going to be better, but they're not going to challenge the Leafs yeah. for points, are they? Not yet. Uh, they're, they're two to three years away from where Toronto is now. And what I'm finding interesting is all the talk about, you know, did they get Kachuk signed on time? Uh, we know what happened to Willie Nylander. He, he didn't get signed till well, my God, uh, halfway into the season, took him a full year to, to regroup. And, and uh, but, but I'm hoping for Ottawa's sake that they can get this thing done sooner than longer, whether it be a bridge or not, because he's the heart and soul of that hockey club. But, you know, they've been through it with Austin. They've been through it with Mitch. Ottawa's n is still developing and is approaching this. And we'll see whether they've got an owner who's going to be, be willing to ante up to pay these guys what, NHL economics say they have to be paid. Otherwise, Ottawa's just going to be treading water and, and not able to get to where Toronto is. Toronto's in a position to compete for a Stanley Cup. I, I, I firmly believe that. We'll see where they're at in terms of injuries and whatnot. Ottawa's still a good three years away from that point in time, given their youth and, uh, and the, uh, the ability to sign some of their top-level talents whose contracts are now coming up, including uh, the big guy, uh, Kachuk. So, We'll see, but it's going to be fun. They always play Toronto tough, tough, tough. Yeah, no kidding. Well, it's not too far away, right around the corner, Habs and Leafs on Saturday. Penny, always appreciate the time. It's been a fantastic preview. Glad to see you still on the beat, my man. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, Rod. Uh, enjoy your time in South Florida. It's a little better than South Regina right now. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That? You got that right. <laughs> the, good, uh, the good man, Paul Henrik, joining us from Henny, Henny Tweets. Uh, joining us here on episode number 575 of the RP Show, Canada's daytime sports talk show, ironically, coming to you from South Florida. Moose will join us next for overtime. We're already into the last segment. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio at Rod Peterson. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. And uh, the Moose is here, too. And just ahead of bringing him in, want to mention, folks, addiction. It destroys lives, relationships, and families. But the good news is uh, addiction is a treatable illness. At Aurora Recovery Center, we provide everything you need to build a solid foundation for your recovery with holistic, evidence-based treatment tailored to each individual. Located in Gimli, Manitoba, on the shores of beautiful Lake Winnipeg, Aurora can help regardless of whether you 
ready or have tried before. Aurora Recovery Center. Recovery for life. Go to auroracoverycenter.com. All right. Now we can bring Moose in. And uh, I know I was <laughs> I was reading that, Moose, and they took you off the screen right away. I know it can be uncomfortable for people to talk about recovery, but look at me. I'm in recovery six and a half years. That's that's what recovery does for you. So people don't need to uh, I don't get think all a better endorsement. Not, and you did. Yeah. There's no, there's no yeah. better endorsement than that, right? I mean, look at life. Yeah. It's pretty good. This is what recovery does for you. Um, okay, man. You got your Seattle crack and track suit on, I can see today, but that's really Leafs underneath. Uh, right. So yes. what did you get out of the what did you get yeah, what did you get out of the Henny uh interview? Are you feeling better? Well, I, I feel the same. I mean, I'm always I believe in looking internally than trying to, you know, blame your problems on something else. I've always thought that with this team. I thought in the last couple of seasons, I've thought, you know what, if you believe in the core group that you have and you believe that they're the group that can get it done, then nothing needs to change. They just need to be better. And they need to work harder. They need to figure out how to win. So I'm not, I'm not of the vein of like, look, at the Leafs had another disappointing season so now we got to make all these changes right you didn't win because you weren't good enough so be better and if i believe that the roster on paper was good enough to win last year then it just needs to get back to work put in the work to to win this year i mean you look back at steve eiserman and we talked about this a few times over the last number of months he didn't win a stanley cup till he was in his 30s right so there's time but nobody wants to be patient right now so I have no issues with the roster. It's just they got to learn how to win. And if they're not going to learn how to win, then the tough decision has to be made to blow up the core and find a new core that maybe has that ability to win. But they're young, and I have more patience than, than most. So I know that most people won't share the same opinion, but uh, that's just how I feel. What does uh, Dan Patrick do? Isn't it not at the, at the end of his show? He's like, what did we learn today? Right. And I know an hour ago I had John. I said, what did you learn in this hour? Well, I'm going back and and I apologize to all of our viewers that were writing in during the Paul Hendrick interview. I had so many questions about the Leafs for Henny. I didn't really get to theirs. Brady in Muskoka, Ontario says, what's the best signing for the Leafs this season? Just real, real quickly, how would you answer that, Darren? Who's the best signing for the Leafs? Probably goaltending. You know, they, they really overhauled the goaltenders. Oh, Mrazek? Yeah, probably Mrazek just because... If, if Freddie wasn't the guy, great. I mean, I think Jack Campbell will be okay, but uh, probably the goaltending for me. Say that again, Clark. Gotcha. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, well, I'm going through what we learned today. Two hours barely cuts it, Moose. I, I have my notepad right in front of me here. Um, my NHL top five. Mine was Tampa Bay, Vegas, Colorado, the Islanders, and then a question mark for the fifth. And after talking to Bob Stoffer, it might be the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, I know, right? Shocking yeah. that the Oilers color guy would pick the Oilers to be first place in the Pacific Division. Tell him yeah. what he's won, Bob. Are they the fifth best team in the – well, even he said seventh or eighth. Yeah, probably seventh or eighth. Who are your top five in the National – Again, Who's your top five in the National Hockey League? Because of the roster, I mean, Toronto's there or close. They're five or six for me. Um, I like Florida a lot. I've, I, I'm really high on Florida. Boston probably belongs in that conversation, too. Um, 
so that's where I would sit. I would, those would be my teams that would be on the fringe there. But you nailed it. I mean, Colorado for me is ahead of, of Vegas probably. Um, Vegas probably third. But they're perennially, you know, a powerhouse right now. But I think you got the top, you know, three, four teams locked in pretty good. Um, I think Toronto's slightly ahead of Edmonton. I do. Um, but I think Edmonton's probably closer, just not quite deep enough. Um, and then I, I really like Florida. I, I really like Florida. So they're in my top five. We also learned today that this could be the first year that both Edmonton and Calgary missed the playoffs in one CFL year. First time in history. So I feel like we covered a lot of ground. Tomorrow we'll be live from the Beach House. Moose, we'll see you there. See you there. And to everybody else, see you at noon Eastern here on Game Plus. Now I'm the whore and the pimp. <laughs> That's where the money is. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.